step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Are back live here on our big broadcast. It is a uh, interesting day. And we have got an interesting guest coming up here in just a few moments. And uh, in this broadcast, we will talk to John O'Connor, Larry Tracy, Dr. Kimberly. However, our first guest is one of my favorite guests. He is a uh, very, very knowledgeable guy. And uh, I love having Dean Router with us. He is the author of The Hidden Nazi, The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil. And uh, Dean joins us here on the telephone. Dean, welcome back to the broadcast. How are you, my friend? I'm good, and thank you, thank you for having me back, James. It's great to be with you. So, one of the things that I've that I've got to get, uh, <laughs> I've got to since 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 you study the Nazis and the Nazi culture and all these things, I have to get. When I heard people, when I heard all these righties and conservatives and guys like Alex Jones and everybody comparing Dr. Fauci to Joseph Mengele. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to have Dean on. Um, first of all, I don't think Dr. Fauci is on Joseph Mengele's level. <laughs> but what, what 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 do you think of all these comparisons when people compare modern day people to the Nazis? That always just makes me chuckle. Yeah, it makes me cringe. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I mean, I so I, I'm all in favor of critiquing the, the current federal government, and I just don't mean the Biden administration. I mean oh, yeah. concentration concentration of power at the federal level yes. within agencies, yes. within the executive branch. You know, pick your pick your target. They've all got too much power. Yes. but I think you. I, I think you know, we weaken your argument when you start to compare folks to the likes of Joseph Mengele or Hitler <laughs> or, or Eichmann or Himmler. And yes. Those people were responsible for the deaths of and the intentional deaths of millions and millions yes. of people. They were out to annihilate uh, the Jewish race and yeah. eradicate it from the face of the, of the, of the planet. Um, you know, whether you agree with the policies of, of the current uh, administration, I don't think I don't think there's a good comparison. <laughs> no. Anytime, anytime anybody wants to compare anything happening in, in the present day to the Holocaust, I think they're buying themselves some trouble and they're and they're they're discrediting themselves. Yes. Well, and I also thought that when. Uh... 9-11 and uh, all that took place and everybody was comparing the Muslim terrorists and all these people to the Nazis. I'm like, you know, the Nazis took over half the world, more than half of the world. These guys have tried and tried and tried. And finally, after they had a little bit of help, were able to get on some planes and crash them into some buildings. Uh, Hitler and them didn't need any help. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think you make a good point, and there's there's something there's a thread there that I would I, I want to sort of tug on, and that is that it's it's it is a bipartisan concern. Where I'm not talking about the Democrats or the Republicans, one to the exclusion of the other, grabbing power. My concerns in both of those instances that you mentioned is the federal government yes. um, declaring an emergency, basically, and during an emergency, enhancing its powers, uh, telling telling the people because we have an emergency 
because we're in an emergency state, uh, because of circumstances which we've defined, and we'll tell you when it's over, uh, we have these special enhanced emergency powers. You saw that uh, 9-11, I think, was a more legitimate exercise of that power, but you still have to be very careful about it. One, one that I talked about uh, on another program earlier today was the power the government got in um, the Y2K era, if you remember that. Yes. I'm old enough to yes. have been involved in government, and tens of billions of dollars, James, were spent. So the, the exercise of power there was the power of the purse and, and giving out government contracts for um, data programmers and computer programmers to um, rewrite code so we wouldn't have this huge collapse. You know, airplanes were going to fall out of the sky and oh, yeah. dams were going to open the whole and thing. bank accounts would show zero. <laughs> None of it happened. And, yeah, you know, you, you know as well as I do, it wasn't going to happen. We couldn't have perfect remediation. And the consequence is because of a fear, because the government said we're in an emergency state, uh, we spent tens of billions of dollars uh, enriching other people to no end. Yes. Yes, very much so. We have got a great guest with us today. Dean Router joins us, the hidden Nazi, the untold story of America's deal with the devil. And uh, Dean joins us here on our broadcast. And this book is amazing. You have put together a lot of, uh, of great uh, insight and details on this. Uh, one of the things that I've always wondered with the Nazis is since we're kind of having that discussion today, um, why is it folks have this obsession with comparing folks to the Nazis? Is it just because they were so evil and they did so many things in such a quick amount of time that nobody has anything to compare to except those guys? I think, I think that's right. The Nazis uh, and what they stood for, the Holocaust, that is man- recognized almost universally as man at its worst, um, mankind at its worst. So it's invoked as, uh, you know, the worst thing that we could possibly do, our blackest, darkest moment. And people want to invoke that as a comparison for what's going on, what's happening to them or what's happening to their brethren or the direction in which we're headed. Now, I think I said at the outset, we always, it's always trepidatious to compare anything happening with, with the Nazi regime. But as a student of history, and when I wrote the book, The Hidden Nazi, I described the run-up to World War II, and it was done by increments. So, yes. uh, you know, the first thing that happened to the Jews is that they, they uh, began to have restrictions on what professions they could uh, practice in and what schools they could go to and then what neighborhoods they can live in, and then their citizens was stripped. And this, this all happened by bits and pieces. Um, none of it was insignificant, but none of it in, in one single step looked like absolute persecution of the Jews, and you end up with a Holocaust. So uh, you know, you, we do need to be vigilant, James. We do need to be paying attention to, to when our government uh, enhances, it powers, enhances its powers, and then uh, make sure they're giving power back to the people, uh, for, you know, the, the federal government's not becoming too powerful. And, you know, I've seen some things that are cause for concern um, you know, in the past, in my lifetime, I would say, well, well after World War II. Well, and the thing that always gets me about the Nazis is that the United States, yeah, they, we went over and did all these things, but we've brought these guys over here. <laughs> And we yeah. and we put them into positions of power, or they were able to get positions of power. Well, and that's you know that story has been told uh, at least around the edges, but that's the big reveal in our book, The Hidden Nazi. We we tell the story of a Nazi German general who was so wicked, so evil, he actually helped make the Holocaust possible. He's the guy that picked Auschwitz as the, the major killing camp. He's the guy that installed the gas chambers and the ovens and then ruled over Germany's slave labor trade. And at the end of the war, he's in charge of all of Germany's secret weapons. So he's got things to trade. He can trade the rocket team for his life. Murder von Braun came over here. He's one of those Nazis uh, with his rocket team who enjoyed a post-war career. He became an American hero, James. Um, And he was delivered to us, as we explain in the book, The Hidden Nazi, he was delivered to us by this evil general, Hans Kammler. And nobody told the story because 
at the end of the war, uh, according to conventional history, Hans Kammler walked off into the woods and killed himself. But we proved the, the, the true ending was, was not as conventional history has written. It's just amazing. It is uh, a great guest with us today. Dean Router joins us here on our big broadcast, The Hidden Nazi. So where do you see um, this book going with, with, with some of the different things that, that, that are happening? Well, everybody, I'm not sure exactly what question you're asking, but everybody who reads it, everybody I describe it to said, hey, that ought to be an HBO series. That should be an Netflix <laughs> eight-part series. And, uh, you know, I would obviously love to see that. My, my response back to those people is make it happen. You know, do whatever you need to do, but make it happen. Because um, it's, uh, among other things, I mean, in addition to an adventure story and a story of discovery and uh, I think just problem-solving and puzzle-solving, I think it's an important piece of history. And I, I tried to write it in a way that's uh, even beyond the interesting. It's, it's really easy to read. I think it's a good introduction to World War II, and it's a necessary introduction to the Holocaust. I, I have found in my travels, and even the polls show that, uh, you know, if you're under 50 years old, you, you really don't know uh, the history of World War II. You don't know the history of the Holocaust. If you're under 30, you've never even, you don't know what Auschwitz is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, I'm speaking statistically here, of course. Uh, your listeners are probably more informed than the average person. But I wrote this with, with a, a younger generation in mind and something that people would pass down to their kids. Um, not not if their kids are in the, in the fifth or sixth grade. You know, have, there's some pretty grisly stuff in this book. Um, so you know, I wouldn't recommend it for kids below high school level. But I would love to get this in the hands of the younger generation just so they know about the Holocaust. They know uh, that when people are getting excited about what's happening today, um, they can look back on history and see man at his worst and realize what we're capable of. Yeah. Well, Dean, you have just an amazing book here. Um, what, what are some of your, some of your um, other plans for books and, and, and different things coming up here, uh, here very soon? I'm, I'm contemplating a sequel to The Hidden Nazi, some other World War II story, but I, I mean, I, you, you did say this is an amazing book, and I, I, I hate to agree and sound boastful, but it's, <laughs> it, to me, it's, it's, awesome. it's so spectacular. <laughs> I, I honestly wouldn't have believed it if I wasn't involved in it. I wouldn't, I, you know, when, when the parameters of this were sketched out to me, I thought, these researchers just don't know what they're talking about, but, um, you know. But we're thinking about a sequel. I haven't found a story that's as spectacular as this yet. Um, I have done some law and policy books as well. Uh, so I'm uh, contemplating another law and policy book on um, COVID powers. So these would be the powers that not only the federal government, but state and local governments have assumed and exercised uh, and the requirements, the things they've imposed on the citizens. Uh, you know, I, I just want a a regular reminder that the government works for us, that you know, the power comes from the people to the local governments, to the state governments, and on up to the federal government. And the further it gets from the people at the federal level, I think the more, the more possibility for misfires there are. Um, and I think a lot of times people of good faith, people that think they're doing the right thing in government, they lose track of the fact that they're, they're working for us. Yes. Um, yes. Know, we need to hold them to a higher standard, and we really, really need to be careful, particularly, as I said um, earlier, about when a government employee, whether it's a governor or a president or uh, you know a school board member, when they can say we're in emergency, uh, the director of the CDC, we're in an emergency, so I have this special power, uh, I can make you do this or make you do that or prevent you from doing this. That, that's really, really dangerous, James. And, and you almost never see those powers go back to zero after the no. emergency update. No, it never happens. <laughs> never right. happens. Cause... Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm thinking about a book on that that, that just you know, endeavors to point out that we need to be especially vigilant. We always need to be vigilant, but we need to be especially vigilant when the government, uh, when one person can claim emergency powers that enhances their powers. Um, that, that's that's just a recipe for disaster. Yes. Well, I always appreciate you chatting with us. Uh, you have such a uh, 
great background. I love this book. And uh, Dean, thanks for coming on and chatting with us today about the hidden Nazi and some of the other things going on in the world around us. Anytime, James. Good to be with you. Thank you, my friend. There he goes. That is Dean Router, and we are going to take a brief timeout, and we're going to get Larry Tracy online. We got more coming up on the other side. Okay, we are going to go. Apparently, we're on the phone right now, so just uh, leave your phone phone number okay. and the date and time you called, and we'll get back to you right away. Thank you. Apparently, Larry is on the phone. Larry, it's James giving you a call for your interview. I guess give me a call back, 620-402-0878. Thank you, sir. Okay, well, I guess we will... Uh, continue on with the break attention medicare beneficiaries are you getting all the benefits you need if you have medicare you may now be able to get new benefits benefits may include eyeglasses wellness visits gym membership meal delivery and hearing aids with low copay to find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve you need to call best medcare our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you it's easy just one call Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. And let Best MedCare do the work for you. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? The people in your life? What do you want to protect? Your possessions? The things that belong to you? The things that you've worked hard for? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Everyone thinks their home is safe until the unexpected happens. Start protecting your home and loved ones today with the affordable next generation in home security. To keep your family and property safe, call 1-800-676-1070. Representatives are standing by to assist you. That's 1-800-676-1070. 1-800-676-1070. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. A Jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-763-8517. That's 800-763-8517. Right now and get 50% off installations with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom for a virtual or in-home appointment. Call 800-763-8517. That's 800-763-8517. Jiggy Jaguar, the 2008 Community Access Television Rookie of the Year and the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network and JiggyJaguar.com. By the way, they cannot stand that. <laughs> they hate that. We are going to go to our next guest. Our next, our next guest is going to join us live All here right. in just a few. Dr. Kimberly is, is going to join us. Sound on? Dr. Kimberly, can you hear us, my friend? I think it's on. I can hear you. All right. I don't know Somehow. if you can hear me. I'm not hearing you. You're not hearing me. Okay. Uh oh. 
That's never good. I got good. that on. It's never good. I got the microphone on. Well, we're, uh... Okay, can you hear me now? I've got you. Can you hear us? Oh, no. Oh. Okay, microphone. Let's see here. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Okay. We got Skype. I love Skype. Skype Let's doesn't see. love us sometimes. But uh, <laughs> it's always fun. But uh, Dr. Kimberly, can you not hear us? I'm assuming you can't. Because you would respond to my stupid comments that I would make. <laughs> And my loud shirt that I should never wear on TV, but apparently I like wearing this shirt, so that's how it works. Try again. Let's see here. Dr. Kimberly, can you hear us, my friend? We'll see if Dr. Kimberly can hear us. <coughs> She's clearing her throat. We at least can hear that. Do that's I good. All right, let's see. Uh, Dr. Kimberly, are you there, my friend? Are you getting microphone us? Microphone is on. Oh, gosh. See what happens. What do I do? All um, Ghostbusters. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Look at that. She's got a iPhone, apparently. She's got the, the, the iPhone alarm, which is always good. Let's do this. Let's hang up. And then we will call her back. We'll do this. We'll start the call. We'll call her back. Or we'll call Larry Tracy, one of the two. Let's call Larry Tracy. Let's try Larry Tracy. Let's try Mr. Larry Tracy, the biggest star in the business. Don't believe him. I'll tell you. Apparently we're on the phone right Apparently now, so just uh, leave your phone note. Okay, well let's let's do this. We we've, we've we've got a woman who couldn't hear us, and we've got a guy that I can't get on the phone. So let's do this. Uh, let's go back to let's try Larry Tracy again. Let's give him a holla holla holla, as they say. Let's try Larry Tracy again. We'll see what happens here. Apparently we're on the phone right Apparently now. Apparently so we're just, on the uh, phone. Apparently we're on the phone. So let's try this. Let's try Dr. Kimberly again. Let's see what happens here. Dr. Kimberly has joined the conversation. I want to start the call. That's what I want to do. I want to join the call. We'll see if this works. We'll see if I joined the call and we'll see if it works. Look at that. Feedback loop. I got a feedback loop. Let's try this. Let's do this. Let's dump that Dr. Kimberly. And we'll see if this Dr. Kimberly can hear us. Dr. Kimberly, can you hear us? Okay, we'll try that one and we'll get rid of that Dr. Kimberly. We'll, 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 we'll try one of the Dr. Kimberleys and we'll see what happens here. We've called a Dr. Kimberly. I don't know if it's the right Dr. Kimberly. Maybe. We'll see if this Dr. We'll Kimberly this can hear us. Uh-oh, we got both of them again. I got both of them again. Okay, let's try this. Let's dump that Dr. Kimberly and keep this Dr. Kimberly. Can you hear us, Dr. Kimberly? I can hear you. Perfect. Perfect. I think we've got it we've got it figured out here. All right. We've got one Dr. Kimberly. We had two Dr. Kimberleys earlier, but we've got one now, which is always good. So, Dr. Kimberly, welcome to the big broadcast. How are you, my friend? I am great. So you have got a great, great project. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your project you're doing. 
You mean Optic Brain Fit? Yes, indeed. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, Optic Brain Fit is something that came out of um, experience and research I've done over the years. I've been a behavioral optometrist for about 30 years. And um, with that, we do something called vision therapy. But I found as I was working with people that I needed to add more brain work into the vision. And then after a while, I found out to get really great results, I would need to add movement in with the vision and the brain work. And so I worked with people in a therapy setting. They'd come in um, because they wanted enhancements in the skills they were doing, like someone who does sports, or they would um, want rehabilitation, like a child who, who is struggling in school. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, we have got Dr. Kimberly. She joins us today here on our big broadcast. And she has got just an amazing, amazing piece of business here. She is a pioneering doctor in the field of behavioral optometry. And uh, it's a, a discipline primarily concerned with visual development and visual performance. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you came about all of this. So, um, well, when I was going to school as an optometrist, and most people know that an optometrist, we check people's eyes, and then we see if they're healthy, we prescribe glasses. But I went through a rotation in school um, called the Vision Therapy Clinic, where I worked with a child who was from the inner city. He came in very shy, looking down, and um, just a really nice kid, but he came in, he was having difficulty in school. So I had just learned this stuff. So I was working with him as a student in the clinic. And after about four or five weeks, he come in and he was all happy. <laughs> he was smiling and he was looking up and I said, hey, Darren, has anything changed since we started working with you, working with your eyes and your vision? And he said, yeah, I don't feel stupid anymore. And I said, what do you mean you don't feel stupid anymore? <laughs> And he says, well, when I used to have to read out loud, everybody laughed at me because I couldn't read. He said, but now I can read and nobody laughs at me. That's and awesome. so That's I said to myself, oh, if I can just do this over and over thousands of times throughout my life, <laughs> it, it'd be worth living if I can make a person feel like that over and over and over again. So that's where it started. That's great. That's great. Dr. Kimberly with us today. She joins us live here on a broadcast. She also has a tremendous book, Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, yeah. So um, I've been working in the therapy center with people for years, and I wanted to be able to share my experience with as many people as possible. So rather than working one-on-one, -on -one, I wanted to be, be, be able to expand my audience. And so I thought the best way to start is to start speaking and training, but also writing a book. And so I wrote a book based on what makes people happy. So I did research on that. And then I give a step-by-step -step guide to how to really make your life incredible, which is my platform, an incredible life. And so, and you do that by knowing who you are, what you like, what's important to you, your values, and then taking those things and adding into your life the things that you really love and trying to eliminate as many things as you don't and scheduling it out so that it actually happens for you. So many people don't take the time to just even do that. Yes, yes. Uh, so this book, incredibly well written, take me through the writing process for this great book. Oh, well, I, I knew I wanted to write a book on happiness. Um, I love see, seeing people do well. I mean, that's kind of been my background is just helping people reach their highest potential. So I like seeing people do well and seeing people feel happy and have good um, self-love, self-esteem. And I started out by doing research on the happiness, but also I was interviewing people for the book because I wanted to find out what happiness meant to different people from different walks of life. And so I interviewed a monk who teaches hot core yoga, a retired lady who is feisty and she lives life on her own terms. And, uh, you know, somebody who's a speaker, author, filmmaker, who's well known. So everybody had a different idea of what makes them happy. And so 
that's the part that I really loved the most. In fact, I didn't really like the writing that much. <laughs> I found that I really loved doing the interviewing. And so I wanted to find a way to actually do more of that. And so that's how I founded the podcast. I said, oh, well, I'm really good at interviewing. I think I'll just keep doing that and, <laughs> and sharing these inspiring people with others. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. We have got Dr. Kimberly with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. She's got a great book. It's called Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life. So what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this incredible book? First of all, I think you should think about that your life isn't guaranteed. Yes. No one knows when their last day. No, no one knows when their last day is going to be. So, you um, So no one knows when their last day is going to be, and so um, every day of every, of your life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dr. Kimberly with us today. She joins us live. Visualizing happiness in every area of your life. She joins us today here on our big program. So, Dr. Kimberly, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, where do we go online to get your book and get involved with everything that you're doing, my friend? So, I'm pretty on social media on Facebook or LinkedIn, but I also have a website, KimberlyLinner.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Kimberly, you have got quite the book here. I definitely want to have you back and uh, definitely want to chat with you more. Thanks for doing this, and uh, thanks for joining us today here on our program. I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much for letting me share. Appreciate it. There she goes. That's Dr. Kimberly. And we are going to take a timeout. We just heard from Larry Tracy. We are going to get to him here in just a few. And uh, when we come back, we will have Larry back Tracy. To the Jiggy Jaguar Show. Not that quick. <laughs> Not that quick. Apparently, we're on. James? Yes, I got you. Okay, How are so you, my I don't know friend? what happened. Uh, we've moved, and I was having trouble with our uh, getting our phone hooked up. But anyway, I'm on the line with you right now. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So, Larry, you have had quite the last couple weeks. Uh, what have you been doing? Have you been moving? Well, we moved. That That is a uh, to, not far. Uh, we moved from... Uh, about a mile to another apartment building, which we, has a little more space than we like it. But moving is traumatic. <laughs> <So>. Yes. <laughs> that is that is definitely a, uh, a, 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 a traumatic thing. Well, see, when I was, when I was in the Army and we uh, would PCS move to another station, the Army did everything for us. <laughs> Now that I'm retired, we don't have that, so that was it. But anyway, we're ready to go. Well, Larry, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, the mood. Definitely is changing in favor of the GOP. Tell us a little bit about what your thoughts on this I, I are. I definitely have that feeling. I, I think the, I think one of the things is, James, that the American people don't like to be regimented. Uh, land of the free is more than just an expression, and I. And I, I did some historic research on this. Uh, Woodrow Wilson in World War One had World War One, plus he had the Spanish flu, and they put all sorts of controls on. And then when the war ended and the flu sort of declined a bit, they kept all those controls on, and they uh, they lost tremendously in their midterm elections. Then World War II, FDR certainly had a lot of controls on, justifiable. The war ends. Harry Truman, who I think was a great president, kept a lot of those controls on, and the people just rebelled. Well, now we've got the same thing here. Uh, this is uh, Biden reminds me very, very much of military dictators in countries that I lived in in Latin America with the controls and the, the executive branch to running things so completely. And um, 
So I think that this is, I, I just get that, that feeling. We saw what happened in Virginia, my, my former state, and then New Jersey. Uh, the, the big news was, of course, how the governor, Murphy, almost lost. But I think the really big news was that the second most powerful man in the state, the head of the Senate, the state Senate, lost to a truck driver who basically spent $2,000 on his entire campaign, and he beat the most uh, powerful mem member of the, of the Senate. So I think there is definitely a change. People are getting disgusted at the, uh, I, I was about to say, apparent incompetence of the Biden administration, but I don't think there's any need for the word apparent. It's thoroughly incompetent. What we, The disgraceful surrender in, in Afghanistan, uh, the border crisis, and now, now they're going back and they're putting the Trump program of uh, remain in Mexico back in force. I wonder if the next step will be they're going to start to build a wall. <laughs> it, seems to be, it seems to be anything that Trump did, they wanted to do against, and now they see what the what the problems were on that. So uh, at this point, and we're we're a year away from the midterm elections, but at this point. I think we're going to have the GOP have a resounding majority at that point. And one of the things will happen then will be, I think it's going to be a more conservative Republican Congress than or House of Representatives than we have right now, and I would not be a bit surprised, but that they don't issue articles of impeachment against, against Biden. Because the problem is, then you have Kamala Harris. So having Kamala Harris as vice president may be the best thing that Biden has to protect him from being impeached. Uh, but uh, definitely there's a, there's a mood change. You can just sense it right now uh, that there there is this rebellion. And Democrats are, are leaving the, the House because they're, they're deciding they want to spend more time with their families. And they don't like the idea of being defeated or being in the minority. So that, that gives the advantage, plus redistricting as a result of the census. Uh, so I, the Republicans only need five seats to take over. I think they're looking more at 30 or 40 that they'll get. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. So, Larry, another uh, piece of business is the Supreme Court on this Roe v. Wade and the political consequences. Talk to us about this. Well, that's. Um, I, I talked to a lawyer today who is, uh, like me, a, a Roman Catholic and pro-life, and he, his view is, and this seems to be the conventional wisdom, is that the Supreme Court, when they come out with their judgment on this thing, probably during July, are going to split down the middle. They're going to uphold the Mississippi case about 15 weeks, no abortions after that. But they're probably not going to overtone Roe v. Wade. Uh, and and there's, there's political implications to this, and this is what, what causes me some... Uh, some uh, what would I call it, uh, mixed feelings about it, that as one who is very pro-life and, and feels that abortion is murder of a human being, but at the same time as a Republican who wants to see the Republicans get back in, I think uh, an overturning of Roe v. Wade could cause a tremendous outpouring of people to come out and vote against Republicans in 2022 and 2024. So it, it's that uh, dilemma in there. Morally, I think it's, uh, it's a disgrace that we have abortion, uh, 60 some million children have been killed over uh, the last, what, uh, 30 years since uh, Roe v. Wade came in. So there, um, uh, there, there's a real nervousness on the part of the left about about what's going to happen. But I think they'll they'll split it down the middle. They'll say we uphold Mississippi, but we're going to make some changes, but we're not going to do away with Roe v. Wade completely to keep the temperature down. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. So uh, one of the things that I discuss with Don Mazzella every once in a while is he wants Trump to just go away. He doesn't want him to run. He doesn't want him to do anything. He wants him to just go back to the farm. Uh, what do you think of Trump's chances if, if he runs or if he is even thinking about running? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I sort of agree. I, I do not want to see Trump as the candidate for the very reason 
that he will then inspire an awful lot of Democrats to come out and vote there. He, he does have a tendency to be his own worst enemy. His policies were great. His personality caused a lot of problems, his tweets. So I would, uh, I would sort of much rather see Trump come out and be a great fundraiser and back someone like Governor DeSantis, who, whose record is just tremendous. And my, my ticket, as I've said this before, my ideal ticket would be DeSantis for president and Senator Tim Scott, the only black senator in the Republican fold in the, in the Senate, for him to be the vice president. Now, I think that would be an unbeatable ticket. But if Trump comes out, it's, it's, almost, it's almost a form, James, of voter suppression. If, if Trump is not the candidate, we're suppressing the Democratic vote because they won't come out as much as they did before. So I, I would hope he re, re, be, decides he just as soon be the kingmaker and stand up there and DeSantis, President DeSantis could have him on the stand with him when he's sworn in in 20, January 20th of 2025 and have Trump up there beaming and take a lot of credit for it, and that's good, and then go back to running his hotels. We've got Larry Tracy with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. Uh, I thought of you a couple weeks ago when we we had a we had a guy on this show who wrote a business book called The Joe Biden Way. And it was talking about Joe Biden and how great of a master strategist and all these things that he was. And I <laughs> And I thought of you because you've written a couple business books. Um, what do you think of Joe Biden and his negotiation skills? Because he just well, let me tell, tell you doesn't story. seem to have uh, it. The first time I, maybe the only time I ever saw Joe Biden in, in person, uh, 1982, I was in the Pentagon and I went over to back up my boss, who was the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Latin America. And to Biden's committee, and Biden came out and was talking to people. And I, uh, first of all, he, he's he's an Irish Catholic as I am, and we grew up 15 miles apart, so it was regionally the same. And I I liked him just from watching him the way he moved around. He had the, the gift of gab, and he was friendly. Once the questions, once he was starting the hearings, and he started off with that, he was so far to the left that I said, this guy is not a moderate. So I told my boss, I said, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm not going back to the Pentagon right now. I'm going to stay down here. I've got a friend who works down here. And he said, okay, I'll see you back there. Well, the friend was Congressman Henry Hyde. I didn't want to tell my boss I was going to see Congressman Hyde. He'd really freak out at that. So I went over and I talked to Hyde, and I said, you know, what is it with Biden? He's supposed to be a moderate. He's so far to the left. He said, oh, he said he just has to play the role. He said, but, you know, he's my best supporter for the Hyde Amendment in the Senate. And, of course, now he flipped over completely. So I thought he was a phony. And uh, all the information is now coming out about his son. Uh, the new book that is out, which I have ordered, I haven't gotten it yet, by, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Devine of the New York Post. It's called The Laptop from Hell. She's got the hard disk. She's got all the information in there. And uh, Tony Bobolinsky uh, will come out, I think, as a real important person in the next election as he comes out. He was the business partner that sat down in the Beverly Hills Hilton, had a meeting with Joe Biden when he was a private citizen. They discussed his business dealings with China. It looks like Joe was in for a 10 percent cut on everything. So it's a, it's a very corrupt family, and he's carried that over. So I wouldn't call him a master strategist as a master corrupt uh, leader. And the sooner he is uh, back in Wilmington, uh, the better off the country would be. Larry, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online, my friend, and buy your book and everything? Well, it's, uh, the, the book is called Bring Home the Bacon. It's on uh, Amazon, and you can just go and look in there and see what it's like. It's, uh, it's a book that is based on real experience as to how to make persuasive presentations. That's what I did when I was in the government, and the Reagan administration sent me around the country to uh, talk on our Central American policy, basically to hostile audiences. The joke around State Department was, uh, when I was detailed there from the Pentagon, was that I was the guest of honor at public hangings. 
And uh, uh, my retort was that the State Department was sending me out to do this because it was better to waste an Army colonel than a, a promising diplomat. But it was a very rewarding time, uh, best assignment I ever had as far as my feeling that I was contributing to the country. And I put all those lessons into the book. So people that want to be a bit more persuasive, it's a methodology uh, showing just how to do it, sort of a, a cookbook on how to be a persuasive and truthful speaker. Well, Larry, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank okay, you, we'll uh, talk next week, hopefully. Thanks, appreciate James. It, my friend. There he goes. That is Larry Tracy. And we are going to take a brief time out. And when we come back, we'll chat with John O'Connor coming up. Do it now, whatever. As they say. I don't know why they're saying it. They are indeed saying it, though. John is not online. Last seen a day ago. He was seen a day ago, as they say. Go, Diego, go, as they say. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's go to um, a pre-tape. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's make that happen, as they say. I don't know who's saying it. don't know why they're saying it, but they are indeed, after all, saying it. They're saying it. I don't know who's saying it, but they're saying it. Maybe they'll say it. Maybe these guys right here, maybe they'll say it. I doubt they'll say it. Because there's a lot of people that don't know what they're saying when they say it. When they say it. Those guys right here, these guys. Okay, let's go to Niall Nickel right now. The Tiki Jaguar radio program continues. Well, let's do this. Let's go to Niall Nickel. There we are. We've got Niall Nickel with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Niall, how are you, sir? Nile Nickel with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. So, Niall, you've got all sorts of technology tips and all sorts of technology news. What do you have for us today? I'll tell you what, technology is just uh, doing some, uh, some interesting and weird things. Uh, you know, one of the things that caught me this week the most is NASA just put out a request for proposal on Friday. Uh, because they want to put a nuclear reactor on the moon within the next decade. Um, and that's so that they can power the you know, uh, space station that they plan on putting on the moon and you know, having residents there and all of that. I mean, you need power to do that, right? And uh, it's not like we could run a, uh, we could run a cord to the moon, so they're looking at putting a nuclear power plant on the moon. Now, if you're interested in it, you might decide that you want to put in a bid for it. Uh, we're going to close out uh, the, the bidding by February 22. And, uh, hey, you just might win uh, the ability to put a nuclear power plant on the moon. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast, Border to Border on iHeartRadio today. And, of course, AMFM247.com. Niall Nickel with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. So, Niall, uh, you've got all the news. T tell us more, my friend. Well, you know, since we're talking about moon travel and all that, why don't we why don't we stay in space for just a bit? I don't know if you heard, but they're getting ready to launch on Tuesday uh, next week a, uh, a 
effort to launch a rocket to uh, the space that will collide with an asteroid in an attempt to change the asteroid's uh, path. And of course, uh, this may sound a little bit like Armageddon to you. Uh, now, the only difference is, is in Armageddon, they blew up the asteroid, right? But uh, they're saying uh, they don't want to do that for two reasons. One, because the fragments could uh, continue to imperil the planet. But second is in uh, the vacuum of space, it might actually put itself back together. So they're actually going to put a spacecraft right into uh, uh, the side of a, an asteroid, and they're going to see if they could change the orbit. And uh, in that sense, be able to uh, be prepared in case we've got something heading to Earth that they might have some sort of plan to deflect an asteroid that might hit the Earth. So, Niall, uh, what, what else do you have for us, my friend? Well, we're getting ready to get into Black Friday. I don't know if you've got any uh, long shopping notes for Black Friday. But uh, there's two things both related to Amazon. First off, Amazon employees in 20 countries, uh, the U.S. is one of those countries, in five different sites throughout the U.S., planning on striking or protesting on Black Friday for better working conditions as part of the global campaign of Make Amazon Pay. <laughs> so uh, they're saying, listen, uh, what is, what's a better time to shut Amazon down than Black Friday? So uh, they're trying to get as many people to sign on to that that uh, support Amazon, whether that's uh, subscribers, uh, distribution center workers, or whatever it may be and uh, hopefully to make some changes at Amazon. One of the things that I found was interesting was during the COVID pandemic, uh, Amazon became a trillion dollar corporation. And uh, by the way, they, they said if they were to pay every one of their workers, uh, 1.3 million of employees, a $690,000 COVID bonus, the company would still be as rich as it was in 2020. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to fathom those dollars. Well, Niall, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you on the web and everywhere else? The easiest way to get me on that Twitter box, as you like to call it, just go to at Niall Nickel, and that's Niall, like the river Nickel, like the And you can also move on over to Facebook through the Niall Nickel Stop Technology. That's where you get these stories and many, many more. And before I let you go, I just want to make sure that I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Definitely, definitely. Well, Niall, I will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. There he goes. That is Niall Nickel, and uh, he apparently uh, calling us who knows from where. Okay, that wraps it up here from our big broadcast. Thank you for joining us here on the World Famous Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.